0: You're listening to Trek FM.
1: Hello and welcome to episode 21 of Commentary, Trek Stars, a show which deals with the work of Star Trek creators outside of Star Trek. Today is going to be part two in our series on Damon Lindelof as a movie writer, where we look at his first uh, feature writing movie thingy called Cowboys and Aliens. I'm Mike. I'm Max. And today we're joined by John Mills from Words with Nerds.
2: How's it going, John? Uh, it's going very well. I'm really happy to be here. Thank yeah. you.
1: Well, thanks for for joining us. So, tell tell people what the words with nerds podcast is
2: oh uh yeah words with nerds is a podcast that is uh basically uh looking at the nerd slash geek experience uh through the lens of pop culture and um that's just a really highfalutin way of saying that uh my buddy craig and i sit down and drink a few beers and argue with each other about uh different touchstones in in how it relates to uh being a nerd or geek but not in a pejorative sense, in a sense that we're proud to be those things.
0: Yeah. That sounds like pretty much most of our interactions, except, you know, we put a a microphone there and just said, there, now we're working.
2: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We figured we might as well do something, uh, productive with the time instead of just, uh, arguing like Barney and Wade Boggs.
0: Yeah. Those guys, (laughs) the dinosaur, right?
2: Barney, the elder,
0: Wade Bugs was on The Simpsons.
2: Yes. Yeah, he had a guest, and uh, Barney knocked him out because they were arguing about who was the uh, greatest British prime minister. Uh, was it Lord Palmerston or Pitt the Elder? And that's basically the way that all of the— uh, It's
0: Palmerston. So
2: there. <laughs> yeah. I'm on
0: Barney's side.
2: No, 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 no. You're crazy. It's <laughs> no. Pitt the Elder.
0: That guy I had it coming. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I was listening to uh,
1: the episode where you guys were talking about, um, uh, I guess, some inconsistencies with the prequel trilogy, and some of the, uh, the explanations that you gave were um, stuff that I had never thought of, but you know, problems which I had had with, with the prequels were suddenly explained away.
2: I, that's what I try to be. I try to be that, uh, that out-of-the-box thinker as Donald Trump might say, and uh, try to come up with the innovative, you know, I, I, the way I like to think of it is, um, and I know how weird this w- would sound, but I, I think my brain waves are somewhere on Lucas's level. And so I can sort of sit down and look at his stuff. and I'm gonna be like, okay, all right, I see what you were going for, George. And I'll give you credit for that. So I tend to be, I readily admit, I'm much more forgiving. Like I, I, I'm probably the only person that has, in fact, seen everything he's directed uh, from beginning to finish, and actually enjoyed it.
1: No, I'm with you. I'm with you there. Well, we'll see. uh, We'll see whether or not your uh, your 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 skills will be put to the test today. But before we we do that, uh, since this is a Star Trek podcast, uh, what what's your relationship with Star Trek?
2: Okay, uh, my actually, I grew up in a very uh, tech friend, uh, tech trek friendly environment. Uh, my older cousin Rob and my uncle John were huge trekkies. My uncle John still is um, and uh, actually, when they came out with the uh, reboot, that's not a reboot in 2009, um, he, we went together on opening night. 'Cause that, you know, that it's his thing. Star Wars is my was always quote unquote my thing coming up and Star Trek was always his. And my uncle's sort of like an older brother, uh, father figure sort. So anyway, um, there was that emotional attachment. The first movie, the first Star Trek movie I ever saw in the movie theater was actually Star Trek V. And I was the only person that walked out of that movie theater and said, Oh, that wasn't bad. I kinda liked it. And um, I think they were very gentle with me because I was the youngest of the crew. <laughs> They're like, I don't know, really. You might want to go back and rewatch those. So of course, like everybody else, I went back and I rewatched uh Wrath of Khan, fell in love with it. And it I didn't really pick up on next generation until uh around until around season three. And of course best of both worlds, uh like whoa. Uh that that was like, Wow, they can do this. Yeah. Um it's good and timing. I, yeah, I know. I came in at just the right time. Yeah. And uh, then I uh, I would say that uh, Deep Space Nine sealed my love for it, to be honest with you, um, because I, I love that show. I, I know that this is sacrilege on some level to some people, but it's my favorite Star Trek television show.
1: No, you're not, not here. Not here. We are all about the Deep Space Nine on this show. So you're in yes. friendly territory. So um, – since we're we're doing a series here on on Damon Lindelof uh i guess sort of to bridge the the gap between this topic and the next what were your thoughts as a star trek fan um on jj J. Abrams' movie star trek 09
2: i actually really enjoyed it it wasn't perfect uh but what movie really is die hard that's a fair counter argument die hard is pretty darn perfect yeah uh, that's all last Last of the Mohicans is, too.
0: Perhaps, perhaps. The Wrath uh, of is also pretty perfect.
2: But to, to bring it back, um, I felt that Star Trek 2009 was was a good movie. It was a worthwhile effort. And it was good enough for me to be willing to see the next one in the movie theater.
0: All right, cool. That's a filmic triumph. Good enough to keep me around.
2: <laughs> you know what? Ask the makers of The Matrix how I felt after the second one of that series. <laughs>
1: So uh since this is a series on Damon Lindelof and you know uh we're going to be talking about his his movie career, you know, Lindelof has has done stuff a lot of stuff beyond that. Do you have any thoughts on on Lindelof? Have you seen, you know, Lost
2: or Prometheus or any of those things? I was a diehard Lostie. I stayed with that show through thick and thin all the way to the end and and Again, I always play the outlier. I loved the ending, um, which I know that a lot of people didn't. I remember getting together with some fellow Losties at work the morning after, or actually the afternoon after for lunch, and I was about the only person that was like, I get it. Yeah, totally cool. Um, But Lindelof as a whole, like taking his whole body of work, Lost is beginning to feel like an exception and not the rule. Because I think that he was working with some really talented people, um, Carlton Cuse, Brian Burke, who were, you know, I, I think that he works better in committee than he does when he's given a little bit more free reign on things, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like he needs somebody to keep him in check a lot of times. Uh At least that, that's, his body of work, I'm sure he's a lovely person, but his body of work leads me to believe that he needs somebody to steer him uh, so far as those things go.
1: So, uh, getting into Cowboys and Aliens today, uh, I guess I'll, I'll just give a brief synopsis of the movie and correct me if I'm.
0: Oh, wrong. you're going to give a synopsis of Cowboys and Aliens?
1: Sure, because, you know, for those people who haven't
2: seen it, since, why? Why should they escape the suffering?
0: <laughs> I'm just, I'm just curious as to what the synopsis is going to be because I imagine we could call Favreau and he'd be like, "Give me four days and I'll come up with a synopsis."
1: <laughs> I guess the, the short version is that uh, there's a bunch of cowboys doing their cowboy thing, and aliens show up, and uh, hijinks ensue. Right? <laughs> I mean, that that that's pretty much yeah. It, I mean, Daniel Craig plays a, a guy who has amnesia and has a weird piece of technology on his <coughs> wrist.
0: Yes. He yes. plays that character in all the video games.
1: Mm-hmm. And like the, all the video games. Right. It's
0: almost the exact same story <laughs> as the beginning of Fallout New Vegas. Guy wakes up, mysterious thing on his arm.
1: And and through you know the town being in sort of a, an, an, an uproar over his appearance since he is a wanted man, uh, aliens show up start stealing people and now he needs to team up with harrison ford to get them back so anything you guys want to add to the synopsis of of cowboys and aliens harrison ford isn't
0: just a guy walking around he's like the local lawman
2: no he's not the local lawman he's the local local jerk yeah right he's the, the token jerk character and it was supposed to be a big i remember actually getting kind of excited about the fact I was like, wow, Harrison Ford's playing a, like a kind of a bad guy. Okay, that's not really his form. I'm kind of interested. Like, he doesn't like to spread his wings anymore. And so I, I was actually really legitimately interested to say, okay, here's a cool concept. Looks like it's going to be a good action movie and Harrison Ford's in it. Like, this is old hat to him, but he's playing an unexpected type of character. Like, that. that was an exciting sell for me. That's basically what put my butt in the seat.
1: Well, it's true. I mean, you look at the 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 pedigree of this movie and and the concept and everything, and you see the trailer and you think, this is going to be amazing. Like I remember, like being like like, like when word started coming out of Comic Con that they were doing like the world premiere there, and basically all of these geeks who went to Comic Con were getting to see this movie a week early and everything. I I got really sort of jealous and excited and i couldn't wait to see it and uh what what were your thoughts when you finally did see it uh bitter disappointment that seems to be the uh the common uh experience would would you you agree max i think this is
0: laughable i think it's laughable that people could possibly be disappointed by this movie why because when people went to see this movie they came out and their review was like there's like really nothing to it it's basically just like an excuse to have like a bunch of cowboys shooting at a bunch of aliens yeah. in the old west and i yeah. was like did you read the title
2: but i mean for me from my perspective uh, i've gotten in that like i don't even pay attention to the reviews and i think that it's entering that dicey area where where. I read stuff like that and I'm like, oh, there's really not much to it. And I completely disregarded it because I think as um, whatever you want to say, geeks, nerds, Trekkers, Star Wars fans, whatever, we've gotten the chip on our shoulder of we're so used to what we like being sort of broken down that we we just ignore it. We're like, okay, you know what? You're just doing your thing. This is, this is sort of like the critic shtick to – to tear apart what we like because it's too plebeian or something like that. So, like, I I understand where you're coming from, where you're saying, you know, how could you be surprised that you're going to be disappointed given everything that was involved in its marketing, its title, and the reviews? But I think that we we all sort of continually walk into the trap because we don't know who to trust anymore uh, in terms of, like, whether it's good or not. Does that make sense?
0: I no, I agree. I I I I think that that's a very that that the reasoning is very solid in other contexts. I think that when when you see, you know, the guy that made Iron Man is making a movie called Cowboys and Aliens, you go like that could be good. And then you go, wait, he did also direct Zathura.
1: No, see, to me, to me, it wasn't that. To me, it's like, yeah, I I totally agree with what you were saying, but we were in a position where we didn't know who to trust. We knew that we could trust all the people I don't involved think that anyone is,
0: is no one should feel betrayed here. I don't Z- think that February, a- nobody involved in this movie like like pretended that this was going to be like a deep and rewarding film watching experience.
1: I, you know, I I think at the very least we we were promised that it would be an extraordinarily entertaining and somewhat different film watching experience you know I mean if you if you look at uh, the fact that it was John Favreau coming right off of Iron Man and, and Iron Man 2 you look at that trailer I mean a lot of the, the stuff which actually sort of got me excited was the fact that he had like his Iron Man crew on on board. He had, you know, Maddie Libby shooting it. He had uh, Sam Rockwell, you know, showing up in it, Mm -hmm. you know, and then Mm -hmm. not to mention the fact that you've got, you know, Daniel Craig and Harrison Ford. And Harrison Ford's movies these days are so few and far between that each one of those seems precious. You know, like he's one of the, he's maybe the only person now who, if I see that he's acting in a movie, I'll be like, I'm going to go see that. You know, I mean, see, even, see. even if I don't necessarily think it's going to be good, I'll see it just because I feel like there's something to the fact that he would agree to do this movie.
2: Yes, and, and, and I would also say that he's getting to that age now where you see his name and the appearances are rare, and I know that this will sound morbid, but you start to wonder, could this be the last one? Yeah. You know, like, could this be the, his final movie? And so I want to go see it in the theater before everybody says, oh, you should have seen that because he's, you know, forgive me for saying it, it's dead six months later.
1: <laughs> yeah. But then also, you know, the idea that, you know, I mean, I remember when I first heard the title Cowboys and Aliens, yeah. and I was like, that sounds ridiculous. You know, and then, and then you, know, they... you hear them. No, but then you hear them talk about it and you see the trailer and everything and you're like, they're doing this straight up mm-hmm. for real. And there's something really about that, there's no reason why you can't do a, a movie which takes place in the present day about alien invasion and make it serious and dramatic. I mean, I mean, you could compare it to like let's say Independence Day, which obviously is not serious and dramatic, but it's not men in black. You know what I mean? When you think about it, there's no reason why you can't do that in the old West. Oh, there's absolutely
0: no reason why you can't do that in the Old West. So, Although, if you were doing that in the Old West, you'd assume that whatever story you'd come up with would inform the title rather than the setting informing the title.
1: That, that that could be. But at the same time, I don't know, there's something about titling your movie Cowboys and Aliens, which in in a sense is sort of an inside joke.
0: And I think that the, the importance here is that, is that I'm not saying that no one should ever have made this movie, because I don't think that at all i don't think that making this movie was an error i think expecting it to be more than the title was an error because it's not it is not promising you anything else and and it's and you know what you're you're pointing out like you know john favreau and and matthew libby and a whole bunch of the members of the cast none of those people are the people making the story
2: it's one of those things where i don't think anybody was expecting anything more than the title you know like let's say when i go to wendy's or mcdonald's or whatever i know what i'm getting is fast food i know that it's not top shelf but i expect the burger to be hot and to taste the way i want it to and i expect the fries to be good and i expect the soda not to be flat so if i go there and those are my expectations and it still doesn't meet those expectations then it becomes a failure
1: yeah I totally agree. That's that, that's that's a good analogy. But if you extend that analogy
0: and you order a Cowboys and Aliens, and and they give you a bun with uh, Cowboys and Aliens in it, then you go, well, that's that is what I asked for. Come to think of it now. Not quite sure why I asked for that, because it's kind of a ridiculous thing to order.
1: No, I mean, I I think that it's perfectly reasonable. (laughs) All right, fine. (laughs) There's no reason why you can't make a good movie. I mean, like, even all the way up to seeing the trailers and everything, there's no reason why you can't make a a really good movie about cowboys and aliens.
0: Oh, yes, yes. There is no reason why you cannot make a really good movie about specific cowboys and aliens. <laughs> there is a lo- There are many, many, many reasons why you cannot make a good movie about, you know, cowboys. And also, you know, aliens. And that's my point. Like, the platonic ideal of this movie is a bunch of cowboys and a bunch of aliens are shooting at each other and at the end... Uh, it's well, one side pretty much wins.
2: That's the platonic
0: well, ideal. Well, you know, actually,
2: movie. actually to break it down, if they'd been closer to that basic ideal, instead of, uh, trying to shoehorn in, uh, some of these plot subplots that they had, mm-hmm. some of the subplots that they had are what made the movie go wrong. Like the whole relationship Harrison Ford had with his son and his not son and was not only predictable, it was poorly executed. The Olivia Wilde subplot, that, that was so predictable. And I'm also going to say that the thing that, that completely made me tune out of the movie while watching it was they couldn't pull the trigger on the dog. They had this big, terrifying monster going around, destroying people, cattle, towns. You know, like It's like the chicken heart from Bill Cosby. It's just destroying everything but the dog got away and if you don't like at that point i understood that they weren't taking it seriously either and i was like okay guys it you know if we're not going to do this for real i'm out and again getting back to the pedigree all of the people involved in this movie right the whole should have been even greater than the sum of its parts but not even the sum of its parts worked and you had so many people on it that had demonstrated talent, and you know I, I won't lie, Lindelof because of his ties to Lost, seeing his connection to the movie, I said, oh well, all right, we got an innovative thinker on the on the crew here. We got somebody who's going to think you know think things through and and make it at least a bit intriguing. And instead, all they did was just package up a bunch of cliches and then deliver them poorly. And that was. That was what leads to the disappointment. And that's where it leads to the sort of the if you're not going to take it seriously, I'm not either sort of comment is even if you're delivering bottom level entertainment, there should be at least evidence that you're you're trying to deliver some level of quality.
1: And they weren't trying to deliver bottom level entertainment. I mean, I think in a lot of ways, cowboys and aliens, you know. Uh, naming it that kind of hurt it because you could have the same exact movie with a different title, and people wouldn't be like, you know, saying what what you're saying, where it's like, it's Cowboys and Aliens. What do you think you're going to get? Because, I mean, there's no reason why it can't be like a a serious movie, and they went to to great lengths in order to ensure that... You keep saying there's no reason why, and every time you say that, I'm like, there are a lot of
0: reasons why!
1: uh, Well, I I can't... I I don't really see see them any more than Iron Man, you know? Or whatever. I I mean...
2: Well, actually, Mikey, you've mentioned Iron Man before. I'll say it's the difference between Iron Man and Iron Man 2, right? Iron Man, it delivers what you expected. There wasn't anything particularly stellar about it, but you were entertained for for by and large. It gave you a guy in a big suit that could shoot things out of his hands and blah, 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 stuff that was completely implausible, but it stayed true within its own uh, constructed reality. And then you have Iron Man Two, where you justifiably come in and say, Well, this should be it, you know, this this should be pretty good. This should be, you know, at least a, you know, on the same level as the, the first one. And Iron Man two went wrong on the same level that Cowboys and Aliens went wrong. So maybe Lindelof had less to do with with Cowboys and Aliens' failure because the, the one uh, consistent variable in those two equations is Favreau. So maybe he's the more inconsistent one.
0: That's my feeling. Favreau is the, the the issue here, and it's not because Favreau is bad at things. It's because Favreau will will make a movie that that whereas Iron Man is about a guy sort of redeeming himself feeling like he has this enormous burden of guilt and he's gotta do something about that or it'll kill him. So he actually puts his entire life and his lifestyle and his, his, his actual existence on the line in order to undo that guilt. Iron Man 2 is about a guy who's got like a terminal illness because he, he can't stop doing this thing to assuage his guilt. That theoretically, at this point, he should already feel pretty good about assuaging because he's managed to eliminate a lot of the stuff that he did. And he's done a lot of other good things. So Iron Man Two has this really like, like half-assed little you know pathetic motivation for the character. And the same thing is true in Cowboys and Aliens. And I can ask you a question: What was the character's motivation for doing things? Curiosity.
2: What they were trying for was Daniel Craig was supposed to be on a quest of self-discovery. And I think that all the subplots they they added in were executed so poorly that it muddied the waters they became mm-hmm. so concerned with adding things that instead of having that focus which of our region, i mean it needed that focus it needed yeah. to it needed to have a main character that had a clearly discernible goal and that's a, and it didn't
0: that's a fundamental thing though because like the the mechanism of having like an amnesiac protagonist makes a humongous amount of sense for video games because it allows the player to to receive exposition at their own rate. And in a movie, a character who has no memory, whose primary motivation is to figure out who he is, self-discovery is an excellent motivation for a character if that self-discovery is profound. But if your self-discovery is essentially, like, literally learning your name and address, then, then the entire story is more or less hiding phone books.
2: Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, that, that's a fair comment. And what's interesting is we, we, we talk about Iron Man and Cowboys and Aliens and Favreau is the, con, the, the constant there. But then, you know, just to project out to Prometheus, Prometheus suffered the same way. And Lindelof is the variable between those two. Okay. So maybe Cowboys and Aliens is a perfect storm of two very inconsistent people coming together. And just you know, uh, you know collectively pooping the bed
0: well I think I think earlier you said that uh, you know like Lind- because of lost lost connection like Lindelof is you know a, a creative thinker and he, he is but in like like the next sentence you said like somebody who thinks things through I don't think he's that I don't I, I, he, I think Lindelof is a very creative thinker I think he's very innovative and he comes up with a lot of good ideas but I do not think that he you know sits down and and, and you know, maps out the beginning and end of these ideas he doesn't you know like generate the fractal pattern that will result from every one of these weird ideas he has because frankly that's just crazy and and when you're working on a movie you go like i've got a i've got a creative idea let's put it in the movie
2: um
0: i don't know exactly what it means
2: it's weird okay Okay, I see. I can see that criticism. Um,
0: I don't think that's. I don't think that's necessarily criticism. I think I'm saying like like Lindelof is is the type of person who comes up with good ideas, and that and when you are working on a TV show, you can you know have this weird idea and not really know what it's about, and then explore it and then figure out what it's about. Whereas in a movie, you come up with a weird idea and at the end of the movie the audience goes i don't understand they're they were why are they why are they all white and why are they so big and why are they all dudes are there not female engineers <laughs> i think there would be so
1: so kind of uh spinning off of that you know since this is about damon lindelof um do you see damon lindelof's touch in cowboys and aliens can you can you watch that movie and and point to specific elements and even, even if it's just sort of like subliminally and say like, okay, I can kind of see this is from the guy who did lost. I can kind of see, you know, this is from the guy who did Prometheus or, or is it not, do you not feel that it's, it's indicative of his
2: other work? I see his fingerprint very specifically on the scene where I think they're, they're in, it's a ship that's out in the middle of the desert or something that's, that's all wrecked up. Yeah. And the little boy, they have some sort of tender moment scene. And that to me has uh Lindelof all over it. It it has his feel. It has his sort of flow and his, his sort of dialogue pattern. Um, I would also say that a lot of the, the Olivia wild character came across to me as very uh, to, Call back to Lost again, uh, Kate-like, um, in her sort of indiscernible motivation uh, for caring about the main character.
0: I like that. I like that you find Lindelof's signature in the absence of something. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: you don't quite know what's up with her. I can see Lindelof in that.
2: <laughs> yeah sadly enough the guy's track record speaks to that well, It does. I,
0: I, yeah i agree i think that that's, that's that's dead out i wouldn't have thought of that but that does make sense i think mostly of like scene structure and like how they're relating to the the the, the story at hand and the way that they like there's this very early on there's like this threat and then they're like should we follow up on that threat and people argue about following up on it and i'm like come on guys this is like every episode of lost
2: Yeah. Yeah. Should we go fight the others? No, Replace the smoke monster with something that ate people to, to speak to your point. Like uh, I think on a TV show, you have that flexibility to do that. And that's why he could get away with it on lost. And I think that Lindelof is, is cruising on the rep with that. He's cruising on that. And it's a question of time. He's got to hit something He's not going to get full credit for the first Star Trek, even though he had something to do with it. This next Star Trek, in my opinion, makes or breaks Lindelof's career. Abrams can withstand it if this, if Into Darkness fails on some level, but Lindelof cannot. I think after, after Cowboys and Aliens, Prometheus, uh, and if he has another uh, big noticeable misfire with Into Darkness... Uh, I think Lindelof's career uh, winds up becoming in jeopardy as a writer. At least he might be able to still be a producer, but as a writer, he he's in jeopardy.
0: Yeah. I think the problem with, with the, the whole scenario is the, the nature of blame when it comes to movies and such people are, you know, Willing to throw random characters from the production of a film under various uh, hypothetical buses, and I'm and I'm always mystified and frustrated by that nature because it seems to me that the the process of making a film is so complicated that if you're going to blame someone, you should blame almost everyone.
1: And and as far as like Lindelof's career, you know, being in jeopardy or whatever, I think that everything that you said is true. Though I I wouldn't uh, necessarily apply that to Star Trek since there are so many people involved with that. I think that you could say everything that you said is true for Lindelof in regards to Tomorrowland, which he's writing himself um, and is very yes, much, you know. So we shall see.
2: I always forget about that because I figured Tomorrowland was uh, like the cover story, like Blue Harvest, oh, the next yeah. Star Wars movie. Yeah, you, you know, know, because it, it sounded like it. I was like, oh, Tomorrowland, okay, yeah, that's that's like Blue Harvest. And then they they sort of pulled the rug out from underneath me. I was like, oh, he's. Okay, he's not writing it. Okay, cool.
0: (laughs) Frankly, I don't think people like Lindelof belong in movies. I think he should be doing TV. He's he's, he's more of a thinker than a showman. I mean, you could say a lot of things about Lost. It was not a spectacle-type show. They pretty much had five or six spectacle episodes, and that's over six seasons. So I think that him in feature films... Is a terrible idea. We're going to get the absolute worst of him. We're going to get the, the the middle episodes. We're going to get the season finales of Lost, and nothing else. Okay, that's not what we want.
1: All right. Well, uh, any final thoughts on Cowboys and Aliens, John?
2: Uh, that I, I think that anybody that has listened to this that hasn't seen the film, do yourself a favor and don't <laughs> take our word for it that it's not worth it what about you max i find it weird
0: that you're warning people from seeing the movie because like this is like it's not even close to bad it's just soulless like a zombie that's that's... Um, and i think i think i I think you know like if if you feel the need to put down every zombie i mean that's just a lot of killing
1: well uh, Um, everybody to me like that's call me rick (laughs) that's the problem that i have call me carl (laughs) but but in terms of like why not to recommend cowboys and aliens i mean that's that is the thing about it is it's not really a tremendously bad movie it's just a tremendously nothing movie you know and and what you will find what you will get from this movie is not um like like a a hatred from it or anything it's just a supreme disappointment I mean that's the thing like the lack of stuff
0: that's why when you say like you know
1: don't see the movie i'm like no 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 no, see the movie see the movie but don't
0: don't don't like don't like get a bunch of people over and go like all right everybody this movie is terrible let's watch it because you're going to be sitting there going like it's not really that it's not really so bad that we can make fun of it and laugh
1: it's it's a nothing movie i would not recommend the movie just because I don't think it's worth watching, right? But which I would say I like stay away. I wouldn't but that's say that either. that's why. Anymore, so. That's
0: why if you want to have background noise while you're doing the dishes, put <laughs> Cowboys and Aliens on. Because when you look at the screen, you will be like, "Oh, that's, that's a, a really well edited action that's sequence." A really and uh, picture. there's Olivia Wilde walking around. Mm-hmm. You, not, none of this is bad. Well, and you can follow it if you're only listening like every five minutes for, <laughs> for thirty seconds. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> To me, that's a bad movie.
1: Yeah, it is a bad movie. So, uh, John, where can people find you?
2: Uh, Well, you can find me uh, uh, all over the interwebs, but the best place to find me is on Twitter, uh, uh, KesselJunkie, K-E-S-S-E-L-J-U-N-K-I-E. You can also find me at uh, Words with Nerds, which is uh, nerdswords.podbean.com. And you can also find me at my blog, which will be resurrected shortly, castlejunkie.com dot com. Yeah,
1: the, the 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 fact that the name of the show is Words with Nerds and the website is oh Nerds boy. Words. And you'll, if if you listen to the episode that we have prior to this, where we. Tease this episode, Mike Spence. Uh, you will see that it confuses me. 127 n- no hours
0: <laughs> trying to figure out what the order of words is. So,
1: um, but yes, nerdswords.podbean.com, correct? Mm-hmm. That is correct. Okay, cool. Well, uh, as always, uh, you can find us at our other show, at CommentaryTrackStars.com, or you can find us on Twitter at ComTrackStars, or you can email us at ComTrackStars at gmail.com. Thanks a lot for jo- joining us, John. Uh, we really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I had a blast. Yeah, and we will be back next week to talk about Damon Lindelof's other movie, Prometheus.